Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, March 14, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Check the trend line. The first order of business is where Mrs. Market is in relation to the trend line. That's the first thing that obviously jumps off the chart. They broke it on Friday. They stayed below with a test on Monday, yesterday. And then today they gapped up and they had a afternoon shakeout operation back down below the trend line. Never filled the gap from yesterday, but yet closed above the trend line. The takeaway is Mrs. Market knows about the trend line. Bigger picture, they ran a test of the 200-day and almost the 100-day moving average on the daily chart, backed off, but yet stayed above the trend line. Are we to interpret this information as a rescue operation for the banks? All is well, nothing to see here, move it along. The Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, other banks that are in trouble, First Republic, There's a handful of others, Schwab, to name a few. When the market is up, the talking heads will have you to believe there's nothing to see here, all is well, it's an isolated situation, no contagion, the Fed came to the rescue, move it along. That may or may not be true, and frankly, we don't know whether the banks got a mulligan or not. What's a mulligan? Well, in golf, When you play in a charity event, you can buy a mulligan. Maybe they're five bucks, maybe they're 10 or 20 bucks. If you hit one in the water or the woods, you can drop down another ball and take a mulligan. It's called a do-over. Did the banks get a do-over? If she drops below the trend line and stays there and scales lower, the answer will be no. If she's above the trend line, the answer will be she's bullish above the trend line and therefore, likely, a mulligan was issued. Saturday morning group, no mulligans, play better. Notwithstanding the trend line, let's take a look at the weekly chart for what it is. Last week was a big breakdown candle that hurried up to get below the trend line into the end of the week. Let's focus on the big breakdown candle. What's she doing now? From a weekly chart perspective, what jumps off the chart at me is above the trend line, she's working her way up to the convergence of moving averages, the 20 and the 50. It's about halfway up the big breakdown candle. She's climbing the breakdown candle. Above those moving averages will open the door for closer to the high of the breakdown candle. Doesn't mean the market's all out bullish just yet. She may climb the breakdown candle. She may go sideways for a few weeks and have another drop down below. Now, the trend line, just because she's above now, doesn't mean she'll be above next week or the week after. We take it one day at a time, one week at a time, one candlestick at a time. Back to the daily chart. Let's say tomorrow she gaps down below the trend line. What does that open the door for? Well, first order of business It opens the door for what we'll call unfinished business and the gap left open from Monday evening. That number comes in precisely at 385.36. And if she's pushing up, we just looked at the weekly chart, that's somewhat of a nearby convergence. 
inside the number members will have a beat on whether she's rising or falling in the AM, we'll have the numbers at our disposal. By the way, did I mention today was Turnaround Tuesday? Speaking of which, let's take a gander inside the numbers. We'll start with the early thoughts. I'll scroll up, point out a few important things. Where were the trades today? Were the trades profitable today? The answer is yes, but let's go find out where they were and why. We start out with a little turnaround Tuesday, wake up green. We had a little commentary, a little jest around Sir James Kramer. He did it again. I'm sure everybody knows the clips, have seen the clips. He did it 15 years ago with Bear Stearns. He did it again with Silicon Valley Bank. Keep in mind, he gets paid to be a television show. Nothing more, nothing less. You can read the early notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. We refine the numbers as we got closer to the opening bell. And by the way, in the pre-market after the CPI data release shuffle, they ran a test of the trend line, wanted to point that out long before the opening bell. We have the CPI release goose operation to where basically another test of the trend line. That gets a funny how this works, of course. And then as the morning grew on, we're going to refine things. And what we have here is after further review, we're refining some numbers. The early pivot is 388.40. Again, we didn't need that till later in the day. Pushing above 390 and staying there on candle closes opens the door for 391 and a quarter to 392.45 zone. They'll go both ways, have shakeout operations, etc. Awareness. So right there, you can interpret that in two ways. You want to ride it up to 391 and a quarter or higher, or do you want to wait until they get there and short the tape for a scalp with potential at 391 and a quarter or higher? Well, let's see what we have. By 9 o'clock, I'm using the same area and saying it's an opportunity for a reaction back down in the other direction for a short scalp with potential. We think better in pictures. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. And you can see here in the morning when they ran up to that price and that zone, they had the pullback operation and they did provide the scalp with potential. We didn't get the Whopper, Whopper Jr. out of it, but we got the scalp with potential. When you do the math from high to low within minutes later, it was basically around 15 S&P handles or $1.50, give or take, in the SPY. So traders short on a spike and they take profit on the drop. Our scalp with potential is, give or take, roughly seven points or so, sometimes less, sometimes more. Any more becomes trader's choice. So we got that trade under our belt. Scrolling along, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, double check the work. Know the trend line. It's around 389.85 today. In the first candle of the day, you'll notice the low was 389.90 against 389.85. That's where the trend line was. You can see it as clear as day. Some traders in the room even bought the trend line or around the trend line and wrote it up to the 391 and a quarter or higher and then took the short. How are they doing? 937, still resistance in the zone up there, 391 and a quarter 
and higher for a reaction that starts as a scalp with potential. They're in the showtime zone, so far at least five points. And you can see here down at the bottom, 390.50 down to 390 are still short-term support. Now focus on this. You're short from up here. I've taken the line off just to focus on the 390.50. And they come down, and the low here is 390.53, and the low here is 390.37. So what did that tell you is it's an exit because it's support. They're going to bounce the tape there. So traders are exiting for the scalp portion. Worst case was the seven, seven and a half points. Traders that shorted it higher got more out of it. This is what we talk through in the room, which is the same thing that are on the notes. There's something for everybody. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart and double check the work. And you can see here, the rest is trader's choice. You don't let it go bad on you if they go back up. That's the way it works. Now check this one out. It's one of those, but wait, there's more. Above 391.25 and the door opens for higher. The next target is the same 392.45, which is still overhead resistance, another important number. Okay, fair enough. What do we have? They start to push up. The first trade is over. 10.07, 3.92.45, up to 3.93.15 is the next zone of resistance. In the live room, we called it the red zone. That'll become apparent in a moment. It's the next zone for a short scalp with potential. The door is open if they're above 3.91 and a quarter. This is the zone. It's the red zone. It's short scalp with potential, 3.92.45 up to 393.15. I said it all twice for a reason. We think better in pictures. The first trade was over here on the left. That's over. They push up. They get into the new zone and they fall out of bed and they put in what we like to call the morning high. Let's scroll up, see what else we have. Still talking about a short scalp with potential right here. Same place. They're in the next red slash showtime zone. See that red zone. The front end is 392.45. The higher end is 393.15. There's a lot of stuff up in this neighborhood. The numbers and the zone are what they are. Let's see what else we have. Now you're in the trade. If they get back below 392.45, it opens a door for another leg lower back to the next number. Under normal garden variety conditions, they're going to put in a morning high. Our zone is a pretty good place. Could take a little while. Back as needed. Guess what? The rest is history. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. Everything is in here. Even when they came down this afternoon, below 388.40, opens the door for 387. Look over here on the right. What's the low in the afternoon? 387.05. How do you like Dem apples? Stocks on the move, had three on the board today, even put USO on the board. We're going to talk about oil as well, UAL and Devon Energy. All three hit their objectives, but that doesn't mean all trade entries are created equal. Let's take a look at some charts. But UAL had good participation on this one in the live room as well as inside the numbers. 45.75, haircut at the open. Come into the number, spike it through by a little bit, rip it back up in the other direction, give you the trade. The high was 47.13 before they pulled back. 
It's over $1.35 in minutes. Nice trade in the room and elsewhere. How about Devin? End of the day. So not many traders are going to take this trade with not a lot of time on the clock. 48.35, they didn't do it in the morning. They came all the way down later in the day. They did it and they had a ride off of it. The numbers work. USO, similar situation. They came into the number later in the day. Not enough time on the clock to make anything happen. They came up short of the second number. That was the zone. And we're not going to call this one a trade. This was just a nothing, nothing burger. For example, who's going to take a USO trade in the afternoon when oil's already closed for the day? Short answer, nobody. Before we move on, just for the record, we had traders in the room that took the short up here and some wrote it all the way down where they got whatever they were trading, you know, 100% gain, some options or whatever it was, 150, 190% gain. It's almost in the redonkulous. Doesn't happen every day and it doesn't happen in every trade, but it happens. How do I know? Here's an example of an email I got from one of the members in the live room today. You can read it for yourself. The subject line is, up 198% today. You can pause the video and read the rest. What's going on over in Camp IWM? All in all, there was relative strength against the SPY today, but it was somewhat of a gap and crap out with not necessarily the same end of the day rally to put it where the spiders were on a relative basis. So here's the IWM, and here is the opening print from this morning. So we'll just say, Here's the morning session up here around 178.50. Spiders had a different situation going on, and they finished in a different position than the IWM. So it's interesting. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece of sorts. I'm watching the IWM, but there's no definitive takeaway from today. Basically, we're looking at this breakdown candle. They either get to the high or they don't. If they don't and they continue to fail, they come down to fill the gap, and possibly if they get below the gap, then they end up going lower. And if that's happening, then guess what? The rest of the market's falling out of bed also, and there was no mulligan for the banks. It's quadruple witching options expiration week. They're going to do a lot of stuff. They're going to go in both directions, and when they do, the media will follow suit. It's not like... The media says things are good and the market rallies. The market rallies and the media says things are good. It happens in the reverse order in which most people think. It's the tail that wags the dog, very similar to the Fed. The market is the tail. The Fed is the dog. The media is the dog. The market is the tail. Always the tail wags the dog. How about the folks down at the transportation department? They didn't have a rally today. They finished down 53 points, and they were down a whole lot more before that. So is that some kind of anomaly, or is the canary in the coal mine trying to signal something? Now that's a puzzle piece. That's on the table. Relative weakness with the folks down at the transportation department. About the flip side, the Q people. Concept here is the same as yesterday. If the banks are getting the mulligan, then the financials that were exposed to the banks out in Silicon Valley get a mulligan by default. And we already know that the Fed said that the deposits are guaranteed, and it was a lot of these financial institutions that had a lot of deposits. It was a commercial situation more so than an individual depositor like you and I situation. That was what was feared to be the contagion. 
maybe still will be. We don't know yet. Above or below the trend line. That's all we need to know. The takeaway from the daily chart of the Qs is what? The close above the 20-period moving average is positive. Now, they're climbing a breakdown candle, and maybe they just give it up tomorrow and open below and run down to fill the gap. We don't know, but as long as they're above, that's a bullish sign. Why? It's the last moving average in the line of defense of moving averages. Above all the moving averages, what? The trend is your friend until she dumps your stuff out the window. Speaking of financials, same routine. No great shakes. It's a bounce in a downtrend until it's not. When is it not? Well, above 33.35, above 33.50, that's when it becomes not so much a bounce in a downtrend, but there could be some rescue operation underway. Up until that point, it's really still a bounce in a downtrend. From a weekly chart perspective, we can use the 200-week moving average as that line of defense. Below that opens a door for this pivot low. Below that opens the door for a whole new set of stuff. From a weekly chart perspective, what happens if they start getting into this breakdown candle? They'll start to climb it. So that's where we are. They ran a test of it already. Did they hit it on the nose? Closing price, 32.93. High, 32.85. They didn't get to that closing price yet. Closing prices and opening prices are typically important prices. About Smash Mouth, we'll stay on the weekly for this one. There's nothing wrong with this. As long as they're hovering in this bullish formation, eating time off the clock, this is signaling a move higher is coming. Smash Mouth, or the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, is a good proxy for the tech space as a whole. We've been watching this every single day, and this has been the strong market out of All the markets we follow, this chart has absolutely looked the cleanest, the best, and certainly bullish, never really turned bearish. Here's the daily, not turned bearish as of late anyway. So you can see all this, you could have said on the daily chart it was bearish for another leg down, but then when you flip it over, you say all they're doing is eating time off the clock. And what we did say at the time was, and still will say is, as long as they're above this low and those moving averages, 32.19, She's good to go. 32.19 is this weekly chart, breakup candle low. What was the low this week? 232.78. I said I would talk about crude oil. We'll use the continuous contract. Here's the weekly variety, and you can see what happens. This is why I want to start with the big picture. Get below these moving averages after this, what we could call some kind of a triangular pennant formation situation. I don't know if I can do this, if it's legit. And I could pretty much do whatever I want. But they're breaking down from it from a weekly chart perspective. Below these three moving averages opens the door for another leg lower. Well, where's that next leg lower going exactly? And here's your monthly chart. Last line of defense is this pivot low, $70.63. The low was $70.78. Once they, if they give up the ghost on that low... There's a new leg lower coming. Put this on a sticky note. 61, 60, 59, in that ballpark. That's where they're headed if they give up that pivot low we just talked about on the monthly chart. That's a monthly chart, so you have even two weeks from today until the end of March. Not to say they can't scale down quickly. I'm just saying that was a monthly chart. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. 
that is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. My name is David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.